The month of November is a time of remembrance. On November 11th, or Remembrance Day here in Canada, we commemorate those who fought and those who fought and died in the past and current wars that are happening around the world. Similarly, people living in the United States commemorate Veterans Day, also on November 11th. Ukrainians, in their timely fashion of doing things a little later than usual, often commemorate Holodomor Memorial Day around the fourth week of November. Though the famine genocide occurred more than 85 years ago, we continue to remember the lives of the millions of Ukrainians that died at the hands of the communist-Stalinist regime, educating students and young people about their ancestors and their cultural history. This year, in accordance with the Holodomor Research and Education Consortium, or HREC, which is affiliated with the Canadian Institute for Ukrainian Studies at the University of Alberta, Ukrainians around the world will come together to commemorate the Holodomor on Saturday, November 28th. Typically, we'd be gathering in large groups near community monuments to do this. But as the pandemic continues, how will Holodomor commemorations look like this year? Student Voice, Holo Studenta, Voix d'étudiant, a podcast presented by SUS. Episode 3, Holodomor and the Virtual 21st Century. Welcome, Vitaimo, and bienvenue to the Ukrainian-Canadian Students' Union, or SUSK's, third podcast episode, where we're focusing on the Holodomor and how we're teaching today's youth about what happened in both an in-person and online setting. I'm your host, Alexandra Holick. Growing up and attending a Ukrainian Catholic elementary school, shout out to St. Sophia in Mississauga, Ontario, as well as being a part of the Ukrainian Youth Association of Canada, or SUM. I was grateful to have the opportunity to learn about and commemorate the Holodomor every year. Though it is a tragic part of our Ukrainian history, it is an important one, and it shows that no matter what's thrown at Ukrainians, they can handle anything and prosper. It's events like the Holodomor, or the fight for Ukrainian independence that still continues to this day, that makes Ukrainians stronger as individuals, but also as a global community, tied together by our culture, history, and traditions. But in order to keep our identities alive, we must share the knowledge and education on travesties including the Holodomor with the up-and-coming generations of Ukrainians and non-Ukrainians. This is also a crucial way of ensuring that something like the famine genocide that was the Holodomor never happens again. HREC is a unique organization in that it is strictly focused on research and education about the Holodomor. Its education department annually awards individuals who develop lesson plans to teach students about the Holodomor, and one of this year's winners is Natalia Onestruk from Edmonton, Alberta, who also happens to be one of our podcast guests this week. Privit, Natalia, and thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us today. Oh, thank you so much. It's an honor that you're um, interested in the lessons. Would you mind introducing yourself to our viewers and listeners before we get into the interview? Certainly. Um, I wore many hats throughout my life and uh, professionally I actually started off after university working in the inner city with hard to house and homeless seniors. And uh, had several jobs working with seniors in, in a management way. Finally, I answered my call to teaching and it's been just a, a wonderful journey for me. One thing that's remained constant throughout all of my uh, years is music and singing. So I sing with several choirs and uh, it's part of my everyday life. 
I want to congratulate you on being one of the 2020 recipients of the HREC Educator Award for Holdemort Lesson Plan Development. How did you come to apply for this award and what was the process like? Well, it all started off by being inspired by Valentina Kureliv, who is the uh, Holodomor Research and Education Consortium Director of Education. And I saw her speaking at a conference in Toronto, and it just inspired me to develop lesson plans. So way back in 2012 and 2013, I developed uh, a series of lesson plans called uh, Nadia and Hope. And that was way before the award even existed. So I had done that and uh, the more and more I heard Valentina, the ideas started flowing and flowing. And then finally I applied for, for the award. And it's a very easy process. You go onto the website holodemor.ca and all of the information is there. There's sort of a, a checklist of items that have to be included in the lesson plans. And then I forgot about it. So I was very happy to uh, and honored to, to hear about hear the news. Would you mind briefly telling us about what your lesson plan entails for students? Certainly. The lessons all started off with a song that I wrote. And I remember it just came to me, um, the words I worked on and, and several friends and fellow teachers helped me with the lyrics. My cousin James French helped me with the music and he wrote out the piano score for me. And it was, there was nothing for children to sing about the Holodomor when we were doing the commemorations. There would be songs, but they would be too adult or they would be too difficult. And they didn't always understand. So the lyrics in a way tell a story and they have a lot of a message of hope and a message of strength for the children to make sure that these atrocities, these genocides don't happen again. Then the lessons came about because how could I get the children to sing a song without knowing what the words mean, what the lyrics are about. And that's how um, the language arts components of the lesson plans came into being. And then music, of course, they have to have the musicality and the expression to get the message across. And finally, art is the best way for children to express themselves. So I have an art component to the lesson also. That seems like a very thorough and educational plan, which is really important for students learning about the Holodomor. Now let's shift the focus to our older students. What are some ways you suggest that Ukrainian students in university and college educate their fellow non-Ukrainian classmates on the travesties of Holodomor? Well, as a teacher, the first thing I would say, make sure you know your information and where to find it and have that kind of at your fingertips. But what I would do is make connections with other groups. Um, April is, uh, what is it called? Genocide. Oh, I have to figure out what it's called, but it's basically genocide uh, day, um, awareness day for all of Canada. And so that is one thing I would do. And I would reach out to different communities because each community that has experienced genocides has their own month and time frame. So you might want to go and be a guest speaker at one of their events. I know it would have to be virtually now, but, but you know, that would be a, a, a great option. The other is to not forget the indigenous population that experienced cultural genocide. So there are other groups that if, if we um, 
form bonds and form connections, I think that's the best way to make it a world event. What are some examples that you've seen in the past that students have done as a way of commemorating the Holodomor in their communities? Well, I haven't seen the older students as much because I'm always focused on my little elementary kids. But our school, I have to brag about St. Matthew's School because our teachers have taken Holodomor and have found ingenious ways of teaching. It, one year, it wasn't our idea, but it was Bishop David's and the Edmonton Catholic School trustees, but we joined with Ben Kaffrobe and had Bannekin Borscht. So the Indigenous children had uh, drumming and dancing, and we shared our Ukrainian Dance Academy, and then we shared in the meal. So it was a wonderful experience. We've also used other ideas from other schools um, at Toronto, the uh, Forget-Me-Not Flowers, we always include a charity, uh, a food drive, big part of it. Um, one year we gathered cereals and gave them to another school that had a breakfast program. And then lately we've been doing different types of art installations. We've done Holodomor spoons. We've done a cross where every child in the school glued a tiny little piece of glass or marble onto a cross and the cross stands in our school and we also have uh, two windows that were painted by every child in the school hanging in the front foyer and one is sort of blue a little bit sad and then the other is golden with hope and the colors of the ukrainian flag so our school has it's a very strong team wonderful ideas coming through with all of the teachers These sound like great ideas, so it'll be interesting to see what students and community members come up with this year to commemorate the whole Holodomor during the pandemic. That is also a big challenge, yes. (laughs) I have to admit, we're trying to think out of the box. Thanks again for taking the time to chat today, Natalia. Well, thank you so much for your interest. Natalia offered several good ideas for how we, as post-secondary students, can help educate our fellow classmates about the whole Holodomor. Now let's turn to Sofia Isayev, the assistant to the Director of Education at HREC, to get some insight as to how we can do this in an online setting, sharing Holodomor resources and education with our students and USOs in order to commemorate the Memorial Day. Every year, Ukrainians across Canada and around the world commemorate the Holodomor in some physical, in-person way, whether that's in schools, through the touring Holodomor bus, or a memorial service at a commemorative monument or statue. What do you think the Holodomor Memorial Day will look like this year during a pandemic? Basically, yes. It's um, a little bit sad that we have to do this uh, virtually, but there are many events happening. I have eight events here that are still upcoming in November. Um, so the first one is uh, coming, first one's already up. It's uh, an exhibition, a virtual visual art presentation featuring works by Lydia Bodnar Balahotrak from Houston, Texas. And uh, that's an interesting one to check in. Um, there is in November 18th, the uh, Director of Education, Valentina Corelio, is giving a talk called In Commemoration of International Holodomor Memorial Day, Teaching a Genocide the World Forgot. 
And that is a presentation for the Center for Holocaust and Genocide Studies at the University of Minnesota, which is also co-hosted by the Ukrainian American Community Center in Minneapolis. The wonderful thing about Holodomor this year, Holodomor Memorial Day this year and, and month and week, is that uh, we can go international with all of our events. <clears throat> so we can tune into what other people are doing elsewhere. On November 19th, the next day, uh, the HREC Director of Research, Bohdan, Dr. Bohdan Klid, will be giving a talk called The Last Stand, the third all-Ukrainian conference of the Communist Party, Bolsheviks of Ukraine, and the Holodomor. And that is the 2020 Toronto Annual Ukraine Famine Lecture that is hosted by the Canadian Institute of Ukrainian Studies. On November 22nd, there's a virtual commemoration Remembering the Holodomor, Commemorating the Famine Genocide in Ukraine with Andrea Chalupa and Children of Holodomor Survivors. And that is for the Illinois Holocaust Museum and Education Center, done in collaboration with the Cave Mohila Foundation of America. Uh, on the 28th, there's a conversation with Anne Applebaum, who many know uh, has written a book about the Holodomor. It's called Stalin's War on Ukraine, Writing Red Famine, the Story of the Holodomor. And this conversation will be broadcast on the KIUS, that's Canadian Institute of Ukrainian Studies, Facebook page. Um, on the 29th, UCC Toronto. So it's good to look at what other organizations are doing as well. So this will be as close as you can get to a traditional Holodomor commemoration at a monument. Um, so they're going to be doing a Holodomor commemoration panachida at the Holodomor Memorial at Exhibition Place in Toronto. But they're doing it in accordance with Government of Ontario COVID-19 guidelines, which means there can be no community participation or attendance at it, but everyone is welcome to attend virtually via live streaming. On November 30th, uh, there is a conversation with Dr. Alexander Motil called the Holodomor, hosted by the Victims of Communism Memorial Foundation. On December 3rd, it continues into December, um, there is a talk by Professor Lubomir Lutschuk, um, who will discuss how people live in Soviet Russia, impressions from a journey. The Mendel Osharovich, uh, or Mendel Osharovich's account of his visit to Soviet Ukraine in 1932, at a time when millions of Ukrainians were dying of starvation. And that is called What Mendel Osharovich Saw, Ukraine During the Holodomor. Since most Ukrainian student organizations rely on in-person and on-campus events to educate their fellow classmates about the Holodomor, some of us have found it difficult to come up with an event to engage students while also giving them the necessary information surrounding the famine. Do you have any suggestions on what we can do? Well, I think, first of all, I want to commend Susk for doing a good job last year of responding to an incident of Holodomor denial on the University of Alberta campus, um, which has helped to raise awareness about the Holodomor there. And this kind of vigilance and activism is always needed and important to organize and do because denial and disinformation about the Holodomor is always present. So keeping your ears and eyes open is always good. Being informed about the Holodomor is very important. Um, and then things that you can do uh, personally, uh, first of all, there's always the light a candle campaign. So you light a candle and put it in your window. And then if you want to take it a step further, you uh, take a photo of it and post it to all of your social media. Um, there's also just placing flowers on a memorial in your city. 
if you have one. So I know uh, Edmonton, Winnipeg, Windsor, Saskatoon, Toronto, off the top of my head, all have memorials. So those are good places to quietly go in person, as long as we all maintain social distancing, if anyone else is there, and uh, place a flower there, or create your own at home, some sort of memorial with the candle. Um, many people do wheat sheafs and flowers and things like that. Um, there's also things that you can do, like write family memoirs. Um, if we talk about resources, there's a lot of oral history interviews. So if you or someone in your family uh, or someone in your community that you know of has had uh, Holdemore survivors in their past, there's children of survivors that you can also interview and talk about. And uh, um, so we need to be talking to our children of survival survivors as all of our survivors are passing on and uh, record what that legacy is on the next generation and even on the third generation. So these legacy projects are very important. Are there any online Haldemode resources we can use and or share with our campus communities, perhaps ones that you may have not already mentioned? There are many resources available. First of all, please come to All Things HREC. The Holdemore Research and Education Consortium um, has, it was basically created to promote the research study and understanding of the Holodomor. There we are giving you plenty of resources and links to resources all over the place and our top picks of resources. We have a kind of a top picks page as well for education specifically. Um, and specifically sharethestory.ca, which is a survivor oral history uh, project. Um, People are doing a lot of, uh, what are they, articles and comparative analyses and so on of uh, some of those oral history interviews. Um, there's also ucrdc.org, Ukrainian Canadian Research and Documentation Center. They have many, uh, they carry the share the story as well, and they also have the children of Holodomor survivors. They have plenty of resources to look at under Holodomor on their pages as well. Um, there are books that you can read too, especially some, a couple of new books for uh, youth, younger people. Um, so some new books that just came out in the last couple of years, uh, Valentina Gal wrote a book called Filipovna, Daughter of Sorrow, and that came out here in Toronto in 2019. And Kat Karpenko has written a book that just came out in July of 2020 called The Photograph, which is also very interesting. So these are two very interesting things that you can do when you don't know what to do because you can't go out. <laughs> it's incredible to see how easily we're able to adapt to a virtual setting when it comes to any event, especially when commemorating Holdemod Memorial Day. So wherever you are on November 28th, or any day in November, take time out of your day to pause and think about the tragedies of the famine genocide endured by our ancestors and share what you know with non-Ukrainian members of your community so we can keep the traditions and history alive and ensure that anything like the Holodomor never happens again. Feel free to check out the link in the podcast description to register for the online events Sofia mentioned listed on Hrek's website. Also, make sure to check out our website, sulsk.ca, and under the four USO Toolkits and Resources tabs, there are various Holdemode resources and a toolkit available for our USOs. 
Before I wrap up this episode, I would like to ask the USO members listening to submit pictures of the Holodomor event they're holding this month. Whether it's a socially distanced vigil, a webinar featuring an expert guest speaker, a food drive, or anything else you may think of, send it over to student at susk.ca. We're definitely not trying to steal ideas that could be used for other events during the pandemic. Psh, what? I'm definitely kidding. Okay, maybe not. Anyways, this has been Alexandra Holick on Student Voice Episode 3, Holodomor and the Virtual 21st Century. Goodbye, dopobacnia, and au revoir. Until next time.